Hey, good people. This is the Confessions of a Nail Tech podcast. I'm your host, Rashida H. Muhammad, nail tech affectionately known as Ra. I have so much to share with you this evening. Welcome. Let's get started. Happy Tuesday, everybody. I hope your day was wonderful and I hope you are staying cozy and safe and clean and disinfected during this quarantine time. I know I am. I have to, especially in my profession. And I just want to give a special shout out to all our essential workers. You rock. You make the world go round. You are not forgotten. I love you. So the topic tonight is knowing your worth. In this industry, there are so many moving parts that it is very easy to lose sight and lose focus on your worth. Yes, darling, yes. Because it is very easy to be taken advantage of due to the multiple moving parts as a nail technician. Whether you work hourly commission, pay booth rent, work solely on commission, or have some other method of pay put into place, it is super important to be compensated, respected, and promoted accordingly, meaning according to your worth. This can be a slippery slope, especially if you aren't honest with yourself about your craft and your abilities. A nail tech's job, first and foremost, is to provide safe, sanitized nail care and nail enhancement services, Point blank. We do not take a Hippocratic oath. We don't swear on a Bible. We provide nail services. However, as a good nail tech who has wonderful customer service, something I borrowed from the hospital's good bedside manner, skilled in a variety of techniques, educated in products and harmful chemicals according to laws and regulations, as well as the MSDS charts. And the list goes on for miles. So listen up and listen good. If you are an experienced nail technician with skill, wonderful customer service, and incredible work ethic, you should never make less than $25,000 a year. Speaking from experience, prior to moving to Atlanta, I was bringing home well over 30K as a nail technician. I was making 30,000 based off the services alone and then Uh, uh, insurmountable number of tips. The salary truly depends on the traffic in the clientele. So if you give a high volume salon, then naturally your nail techs make more money. However, if you're in a moderate to low volume, then well, the results are obvious. So what do you do? Move on. Do not stress yourself over side hustles when you love what you do. That should be the breadwinner. I believe that side hustles should be just that, passive income, money that's nice to have but not a necessity to pay your bills. Your main job should take care of all of that. And it's hard as a nail technician. It's hard as a skilled service worker when you're working in an industry like nails. However, it also really depends on where you work, which salon, the foot traffic, the appointment book, the reputation of the salon. And honestly, honest the truth, knowing your worth and understanding when you're being taken advantage of in this this is key in a lengthy nail technician career i came into this business in 2012 2013 and over the last eight years i have seen a drastic change 
in the way that nail techs handle their business, the way that we're being marketed, and even our recognition. In the beauty industry, once you think beauty, you automatically think hair, barbering, makeup. People seldom think about nails, at least what I've noticed. But in this industry, you want to make sure that your business is tight and in order, all of your I's are dotted, all of your T's are crossed. Because if you don't look out for yourself, there is no one looking out for you. I speak from experience when I say you need to know your worth. I believe that when you're in school, you have that drive, that ambition to want to be one of the best nail tech, one of the best nail designers in the world. And you'll get there. But along the way, you need to lay the foundation of a nail tech mogul that you're trying to be. I say this because when you get into the salon, hopefully you have a boss or coworkers who look out for you and care about your well-being as well as your income as much as you do, could and should. And I say that also because when you are new and you jump into a salon head first, it's easy to get caught up in the hype of finally putting to work the things and the skills that you took and honed in on while being a student. And I'm not saying that that's necessarily a bad thing. We all make mistakes early on in the beginning in the business. I know I did. But I'm saying be nosy. Get nosy with the expenses in the salon understand your payments, understand how those payments work and how they're distributed. Because in the end, you are responsible for your income. Yes, a large part of that relies on your clientele and your client base and how well you market yourself and essentially how well you are as a service worker. And I say service worker because you do provide customer service along with education while you're servicing a nail client. When I started in 2012, I started working in a salon in 2013. I was licensed in 2012. I didn't work into a salon until 2013, and I was the working in an Asian-owned salon. And the great thing about this was we were paid hourly. We also received commission. And we also were able to keep our tips. I enjoyed that very much because you made a lot of money very fast. And there was a lot of foot traffic. There were a lot of walk-ins. We did accept appointments, but our walk-in was where we made the bulk of our bread. And in that salon, I learned so much about the business. And I'm thankful for that. Um, I started at the Nailery. It's in Buffalo, New York. And... Tia gave me a chance. I was fresh out of school. I had taken a break before jumping into the salon because it was hard. It was hard to be um, a black woman trying to work in an area that was heavily populated by Asian-owned salons where the bulk of the clientele were black women. So when I started, it was rough. You cut your teeth and that truly did build, that was part of the building blocks that created me. And you learned to have tough skin. So on part of knowing your worth, you want to have tough skin because this is not, this is not an easy industry to be in. The beauty industry is probably, it's lucrative, but it is very catty and a lot of people are clawing their way to the top. 
Um, you do run into your tribe where everyone wants to help you, but you do have some folks who really are catty and will claw their way at you. But once you know your worth, you realize those things don't necessarily matter. You just have to be aware. So if we are pulling bullet points to the steps of knowing your worth, I would certainly say awareness and cutting your teeth and having, and having tough skin has to be on that list of knowing your worth, the things that help build you to being the person that you are who does not, be ta- who does not become taken advantage of because you know what you can do, what you're capable of, and you know what you have survived. So after working in that salon for some time, I began to wonder if I could do this thing on my own. Yes, it's very possible. And once I left that salon, I became a traveling nail technician. And it takes a certain leap of faith to do something like that because when I left that salon, I had clients who actually did follow me. They wanted to know what I was doing, if I was working in another salon. And honestly, I had taken some time off to finish school, um, to get my bachelor's degree, and I wanted to still have that freedom and flexibility to be in control of my own income. So I did that. I started Pinky Promise. It was a mobile nail salon. I had my own tax ID number and I was ready. I was filing taxes on the business and business was good. Business was good. And in that regard, I knew my worth. I knew what I was capable of. Having that taste of freedom to be responsible over your own expenses, your own income, and how you market yourself was enticing. It was, it, it fueled me to want to continue on the spirit of entrepreneurship. So once I moved to Atlanta, I became licensed here. I'm also a licensed nail technician in the state of Georgia, as well as the state of New York, both in very good standing. And when I moved here, I started working in a black owned salon. Now that experience was completely different because in the beginning, I felt like I found my tribe. I knew I found my tribe because the owner and I clicked immediately and there would be times where we would sit and just talk, chat, rap about everything that's going on in the world and be able to speak about spirituality and religion and just have multiple conversations. And that felt good to finally sit in a space where sisters were allowed to unwind and unravel from the day. And then real, the real started to happen. When I moved to Atlanta, I was working commission 50-50. And while it sounds good and it's feasible, it's doable, when you hit a slow season, it will hurt your pockets. Now, working 50-50 commission, we're going to do some math here. If I make $1,800 that week, I am only taking home $900. Of that $900, I am still responsible for my own utensils. I am still responsible for my own acrylic. I am still responsible for a lot of things, getting to and from work, my phone bill, and I'm still responsible for taking care of the bills that are at home. So $900 a week was not enough. Sometimes we'd have less money than that. And that was just not something that I I found myself valuing. I didn't feel valued because I was one of the most experienced nail technicians in that salon. 
and I was also deemed one of the lead nail technicians. So in my mind, as a lead nail technician, you would, your responsibilities would match your paycheck and they didn't. So here's the thing. And if I am, if I ever say anything on here that you disagree with, please comment, please respond because we're all learning still. This is an opinion-based piece and I want to be able to share my experience and have, this is an open forum. I just have a voice because it's my podcast. However, when I worked, I was expecting the paycheck to increase with my responsibilities. Naturally, anyone would think that. You, know, you come in as entry level and they promote you, you expect that promotion to come with additional funds. And when it doesn't, you start to look and say, well, wait a minute, I'm putting in extra work now. How come my paycheck isn't reflecting what I'm doing? And so that was the case. I stayed with this salon for a year and a half. So the first year was decent. I was wondering why the turnover rate was so high. And then that's, well, that's for a different podcast. I'm talking about knowing your worth. Um, so I was there for a year and a half. And that first year, within the first three to six months, I was promoted to lead nail technicians. I was the most responsible, I was reliable, I was coming in when people would get fired on the spot or people were getting hired on the spot and I'd be there to just make sure that the salon was going and running smoothly. Um, I was often mistaken for the owner at some point and which was good and bad because even though I was still just a nail technician, the way I carried myself, I have executive, executive level leadership, I'm assuming. Um, someone has said that to me, their words, not mine. And when I realized that my check wasn't matching my responsibilities was when I really needed the money. Over the summer, prom season, wedding season, bridal shower season, all of that seems to happen spring, summer. However, during the fall and the winter months, those kind of fall off. Uh, people feel that they don't need to get pedicures and manicures as much because no one's going to see them. That's another conversation for another podcast. And you hit a slow season. It's not the greatest because you build your life around that income. You build your life and your responsibilities around the kind of money that you are bringing in from the summer. Now, my mistake was not getting it in writing that I was now the lead nail technician and that my list of responsibilities, what my list of responsibilities were and what my rate of pay should have been because even as the lead nail technician, my rate of pay was still 50-50. I was still responsible for doing 100% of the work but having 50% of my earnings taken. That didn't feel good. And I, I felt like I was stuck at one point. So then I started to venture out to do other things. I picked up a side job, which eventually became the job to pay for bills that my first job could not pay for. And typically any smart person would, when your first job no longer suits you, you leave, right? However, out the goodness of my heart, I stayed on with the salon because, well, I was the only reliable nail technician. Um, one nail tech was out on maternity leave, and then there was one nail technician who was new, and then there was the owner. So really, there were only three people in rotation, and one nail technician who used to work there who would come in sparingly. But that created a strain on my pocket still, because here I am sitting in the salon for days on end with no income, or sometimes zero to $25 income. And even then, that $25 was put in half, so I'm really only making 
it, it makes you start to reconsider and reevaluate your work situation. So I stayed the rest of that year. And then when the second half, the second year came around, I noticed a trend. I noticed that fall and winters were really bad. And then I noticed that spring and summers were really good. However, I have worked in other salons where we're good all year, all season. I was trying to give this salon a chance and I didn't know my worth. So if you haven't got anything from this talk, please make sure you are in the business of the business. If you are working somewhere, you have a right to know the ins and outs of everything that is coming in and coming out because it does affect your paycheck. If you have questions about how much the bills are, if you have questions about how much inventory is, ask because as a contract worker, you are responsible for reporting your own taxes. You're responsible for reporting your own deductions. You're responsible for a shit ton of things. Pardon my language. You're responsible for a shit ton of things that I wish I had known before signing on as a contract worker. And in the beginning, I did it out of the goodness of my heart. I wanted to be there to help. I wanted to make things exceed. Because when you believe in someone else's dream, you want to push that person and drive that vehicle to that destination until it gets there. But sometimes you run out of gas. And you're looking for a boost. And because I knew my worth, I did as much as I could as far as my marketing on social media. I will always be... I will always have customer service as my top priority. And so in that, I had a, a, a pretty decent clientele because of my customer service, because of my touch. A lot of clients would tell me I have a certain touch, I have a certain spirit. And I appreciate that because I know what I do is a ministry. And I stayed on about a year and a half. And within year two, when that almost that second year mark, I realized that the slow season is really slow. And prior to, I had made it known that I would need to start spending less time at the salon so that I could pick up a side hustle. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with a side hustle. However, I firmly believe that a side hustle should be for play money or a side hustle just so that you have extra income. I believe your primary source of income should be able to pay your bills. Your side money, that's for your savings, that's for your play money. But I found that my side hustle became a necessity. I needed that money in order to maintain my bills, and that didn't sit well. And again, my responsibilities at this job began to outweigh my paycheck. Now I did, I, at the time I started thinking about going back to school to get my master's degree. Um, I want to give a major shout out to the Trill MBA show, Miss um, Felicia Ann Inuha. I'm sorry, Miss Felicia Ann Rose Inuha. I started listening to her podcast and I started to think, how can I bring corporate into the nail salon industry? The nail salon beauty industry can be lenient and relaxed versus corporate structure. And I wanted to figure out how would I approach this situation at a corporate mindset to increase my paycheck without ruffling feathers and or make my humble exit from this salon. So I listened to a few of her shows and I was inspired. 
I actually applied to go and get my uh, master's in business administration. More news on that soon. But as I listened, I became inspired and a lot of the signs started to fall into place. A lot of things started to fall into place for me that said, it's time to make your humble exit because my demands weren't being met. My needs were being heard, but they weren't being met. And I received a paycheck that wouldn't cover my rent. It was at that moment I began to pray hard to get out of that salon. I had had it. I knew that better days should be coming and I was doing everything in my power. I was promoting, I was telling people where I worked, I made sure I wore my uniform. Most places that I went, I was passing out flyers, I was letting people know, I was doing tutorials and showing folks that exactly what it was that we did in that salon. And something about my efforts failed or something about the energy or perhaps it was just my time to go. And I started to put in motion the energy to, to release and go back into the corporate world so that I could refocus on what it truly was that I wanted. I knew that I needed to have a cushion of income in order to move forward in this salon business. So I say all this to say that knowing your worth is important. Many things led up to me exiting the salon life for a while because there is, uh, again, there's money involved. Um, I will say that working as a contract employee, you do get a 1099 miscellaneous form. And if you are unaware of what a 1099 miscellaneous form, it is very easy to fall behind on the taxes that you owe. And you could end up owing a lot of money at the end of the year, which is why I say become nosy with expenses and talk to a CPA, talk to a certified tax professional, talk to a certified financial merc financial advisor because it's easy to, again, lose track, lose sight once you're in the hype of being in the salon. It's fun, it's upbeat, but you also have to be mindful of the business behind the salon. Make sure it's fair. Make sure how your money is being brought in and distributed is fair. Again, be nosy because if you are in this space your name is just as important as the name on that building because you're there to make it work. You're there to make the name look good. So in turn, that name must make you look good. If the business has a bad reputation, that's bad for your pockets as well. If you read the reviews or if you're just out and about incognito, people don't know that you work there and you overhear rumors about the owner or the business, that makes you look bad too. And in turn, if, if the owner is out and they hear rumors about you, you want to be mindful. So again, I can't preach this enough. Know your worth because this industry can be very relaxed and you have to take it upon yourself to have that initiative to want to have that structure. Because yes, it's fun, it's upbeat, it's almost as if you're in there with your girlfriends all day, but you really want to be certain that you know your worth so that you are not taken advantage of.
Thank you for tuning in with me for my first podcast. I hope you enjoyed and I would like to see you next week, Tuesday at 8 p.m. Same time, same place for episode two. In the meantime, make sure you check out the Confessions of a Nail Tech blog at confessionsofanailtechblog.wordpress.com. Also check me out on social media across the board. It is at nailsbyraw, one word. And make sure you check me out at nailsbyraw.com. Hope to see you soon. Spread the word.